This is Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. Arabile Gumede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic 1027. Six minutes after seven, joining me on the line is Jamil Ahmed, who's the Global Head of Currency Strategy at FXTM. And of course, we've got Chantal Marks, who is from F&B Wealth and Investment. Jamil, I'm going to start off with you. How did we kick off the busy trading week? Thank you very much for having me, as always, and good morning. Uh, so, yeah, things were actually a little bit quiet because of the U.S. Um, public holiday due to Washington's birthday, and also because markets are very much in wait-and-see mode for what's going on with these current and ongoing U.S. and China discussions, which has been a recurring about six months. But this is why investors are really staying and waiting and see. In terms of the South African round, that saw a little bit of weakness yesterday. I'm looking to see what happens tomorrow with the budget statement and also whether the round could benefit from the potential that the Federal Reserve FOMC minutes will put the brake on further interest rate rises and see whether this causes any dollar weakness. I mean, Trump tweeted uh, that U.S.-China talks have been, and I quote in inverted commas, very productive. So we never really know how to read Trump's tweets. Is it a little bit too early to, I suppose, be celebrating at this stage? It's very much too early to be celebrating because this is an ongoing theme that's been going on for months. And if you look at these kind of comments that have come in from the political parties, you have had positive comments at times, but yet we're only just over a week and a half away from when the United States is going to potentially put further tariffs on Chinese imports, which isn't going to be good news for anybody. So this is why I'd say it's still too early for celebrations. We really need some sort of long-standing resolution for improved risk appetite. And currencies like the South African Rand will sit on the sideline and not see that heavy buying demand until investors are clear as to what's going to happen next with these ongoing discussions between the United States and China. I'm looking at the RAND now. It's 14.14 to the dollar. Since the start of the year, a lot's happened. I think whether it is the load shedding from the ESCOM front and various other news, how has the RAND performed uh, since 2019 kicked off? Well, it's still up on the year, but the thing is, the last week was a particularly bad week for the South African RAND, and because of that, the RAND actually gave up most of its strength from January because at one point the South African run was the best performing emerging market currency this year which isn't anything that's very easy to achieve but yet this ESCOM news it was particularly poorly timed because it came at the exact same moments that the dollar managed to strengthen and rebound. We saw a big 1.5% increase in dollar demand and then you've got this US-China no news is not necessarily situation to the trade discussions which has made investors very risk off so all in all the south african rand is still higher for the year but it's not anywhere near as strong as it was just one week ago it's lost about three percent since then Chantal, I'm going to bring you into the conversation on the local side. How did the markets do? Well, the market was actually quite buoyant yesterday, but um, not a lot of trade. So volumes under a bit of pressure, um, probably as a result of the U.S. public holiday. So it's very difficult to actually uh, say whether or not mm. this this kind of buoyant JSC is sustainable. Uh, there is a lot of uncertainty in the system. So um, this could just be uh, temporary, but we'll take it. News yesterday, and you know, I found it quite funny that it had to come out the day I speak about it. So Friday, we had Gary Boyson in studio, and he made the comment that the CEO of EOH 
and the CEO of MTN should just get together over the weekend and have a beer and just talk about the problems they're facing both either on the MTN and EOH front, which was kind of ironic because you have the CEO of EOH who used to be at MTN, so he can relate as to uh, what the challenges are. And I also remarked on the letter, that the open letter that... Um, Stephen Von Collar wrote to stakeholders, which uh, was published on techcentral.co.za. And I barely leave Melrose Arch, and already there's an article about how now there was a report, well, somebody, you know, flagged uh, at the SEC that there's some kind of dubious activity that may have happened between one of EOH's subsidiaries and the Department of Defense. Yeah, apparently um, some alleged uh, malfeasance mm-hmm. um, with the Department of Defense, and we know it's also very topical in South yeah. Africa at the moment. So it really doesn't look good for for EOH. Um, they came out with a sense announcement after this broke on Tech Central that the matter is subjudice. So mm-hmm. they're not actually giving us any more information on this specific complaint to the SEC. They just said that they're continuing to to engage with Microsoft on their concerns. And now finally, we know why Microsoft cancelled the mm-hmm. contract. We thought it was just uh, reputational damage from months of speculation around um, improprieties on EOH's part, but it seems to be related to something very specific, and um, it seems to have come from the very top of Microsoft. Mm. Which is uh, quite, uh, I suppose, worrying. And then Adcock Ingram, uh, I think they gained about 2.5% because they announced that they've just gotten the contract to supply, I think, about 12% of ARVs uh, that state hospitals will purchase. And someone tweeted something that I found quite interesting, and he said he wants to be happy, but he doesn't. He feels as though gone are the days where we would be happy when companies won state contracts. It's like he's kind of in between about how as uh, I think Adcock and Aspen both got the contract, so it's split between the two. Yeah, are I mean, you feeling the same? So, I mean, these contracts are quite above the board. Uh, the tender process is uh, very open, out in the open. Um, it's it's never been something that's been questioned. But now you're making me wonder. Um, I'm I'm just being tongue in, tongue in cheek here. I think that this is quite a very this is quite mm. a transparent process. So I wouldn't be too worried um, over the state um, ARV contract. Uh, what I will say though is very positive for Adcock yeah. Ingram. Um, I think that the the contract amounts to almost Almost two billion rand over three years, um, so we estimate that they would have received about two hundred million a year, which is a total of six hundred million over three years, um, over the last three years. So this is quite a big improvement for them. And one of the issues that Adcock Ingram has faced is that they've got massive manufacturing capability in South Africa, particularly in ARVs, but their factories are not running at full capacity. So this will actually result in factory efficiencies, economies of scale, and even though these are low margin products, um, it could translate into into higher earnings for for them. So a very big positive for them. Um, Aspen's more or less the same. So at least it didn't fall. (laughs) Which is good. Jamil, I'm going to come back to you news that you're going to be keeping an eye on uh, for the rest of the week. I know tomorrow is the big budget. You're going to be focused on that. But what else is in your radar? On a global level, it's going to be the U.S. FOMC minutes release from the Federal Reserve meeting last month. Reason being is because the markets are still very much in surprise and somewhat awed that the Federal Reserve, the U.S. Central Bank, has issued such a U-turn over what they're 
indications will be for monetary policy and interest rates in the United States. So this saw a lot of dollar moves at the end of last month. So what investors are really looking for, some clarity, some guidance, and some indications as to what the Federal Reserve will be doing this year. If they will not be raising U.S. interest rates at all, there's a possibility that emerging market currencies will benefit from this. Chantelle, I didn't ask you, um, news that caught your attention yesterday outside of EOH? Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was actually two trading updates or trading statements out after market close. Uh, we had both Grinrod and um, Supergroup releasing trading statements that on the face of it looked quite strong, um, which confused me because usually when companies release a trading statement after market close, it's quite poor. Um, but it seems as if both companies are recovering quite well. Um, also surprising because they're both kind of playing the logistics space where we know margins have been under pressure. So um, quite positive for those two companies. Um, and then we also had Anglo um, um, Amplatz and Impala Platinum out with, with numbers. Amplatz just with an updated trading statement saying that things are looking even better than they initially um, said it was looking. Um, and Amplatz also with a solid update in line with uh, previous guidance. All right, we still have uh, Chantal Marks in studio with us throughout the show. She's from F&B Wealth and Investment. And thank you so much to my guest on the line, Jamil Ahmed, who is the Global Head of Currency Strategy at FXTM.